Will you all pray with me as we uh, just go into today? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the opportunity to learn from people in the Bible, from these women and these daughters. God, I pray that you would, uh, may we hear you wherever we are, God, and may we learn something new about you today. God, I thank you for the joy and the laughter in the back of our kids. Father, help us to see it as a way to see you and not as a distraction today. We love you, Lord. And we pray. Amen. So before I like jump in, I kind of want to piggyback off of what Matt said about our kids um, getting more involved. So next, starting next week, we're going to start include, like inviting our kids into service. So what that means is I will have um, stuff like a ribbon wands for them to use during worship. And so we're going to explain to them, hey, this is why we sing songs. And this is why it's awesome. And if you want to dance around and throw ribbons, adults, if you want to have a ribbon, there will be plenty for everybody. Um, and so just allowing them to like start to learn to express themselves in worship. And then once we start our sermon, they'll go back and they'll have a little lesson and they'll get to do their crafts. And they'll also have that moment of worship. But inviting them to just kind of join us. Like Matt said, we want them to feel that their voice is heard here, that it's important, um, and that even at the age of three, God can use them to teach us, to show us. Um, I think I've learned more about who God is and God's love in being a parent than I have in a lot of other seasons of my life. And so... Like Matt said, we're going to learn how to do this together. If anyone has any ideas, I'm open to all the suggestions. Um, But we want to invite them into service and kind of include them. So that might mean you start seeing them doing Paschal Love and prayer and different things throughout service so that they can see that they don't have to wait till they're 18 for God to use their voice. God can use them as early as nine months old. So this morning, I'm going to get started. And last week, we started our series on um, what I'm calling Unsung Heroes. But we're learning and looking at five different stories of women in the Old Testament. And like I said last week, I learned so much about God through the stories of our congregation when we shared in that series that I I figured we could probably learn from the stories in the Bible, too. And there are stories of so many people that we don't learn, but specifically women. Um, And so I wanted to take that time. And so last week, Rochelle kicked us off and we got to learn through Deborah's story. And Rochelle just kept hitting home that we may not be relevant, right? We might not be like Instagram famous or uh, what are they called? A influencer, but we still matter. And we're here for a reason. And like we learned that through Deborah and what she and who she was. And so this week, we'll be learning about the daughters of Zelophehad and what we can learn from them and learn a little bit about 
God and what he's called us to today. Now, I'm just curious because I had never heard of the daughters of Zelophehad until last summer. I took an Old Testament class and they were in my Old Testament class. Has any, is anyone else like me, they had never heard of the daughters of Zelophehad? Right. Because it's in the book, book of Numbers. And the book of Numbers is like 42 chapters of, I don't think it's 42, but it's, it covers the 42 years of when the Israelites are in the desert. And there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of censuses and a lot of words and names and all this stuff. But their story is like tucked in the book of Numbers in, in chapter 27. And um, I learned two things. One, that they're super awesome. And two, that I should probably read the books of the Bible that I write off because I think they're boring. Because there's stories in them <laughs> that God can use. So, if there's books in the Bible that you haven't been reading because they seem boring, you might learn about the daughters of Zelophehad or other stories um, like I had. So, we are going to be in Numbers today. Numbers 27. Uh, before we get into the passage, uh, I want to give a little bit of background, kind of setting us up into putting even more importance into what these girls, these five daughters did. So in chapter 26, um, you see there is a census of new generations that had been taken. At this point, um, the Israelites who had exited Egypt um, and the people that were wandering in the desert, they knew they weren't going to be going into the promised land, right? They had been told by God that their, um, their children would, but they would not. They would never see the promised land, but they would get pieces of the promised land. If they had a large tribe, they'd have a large piece. If they had a smaller tribe, they'd have a small piece. But everyone was going to get stake in the land of Canaan. But this census was to basically take note of all the tribes. So it's saying these are the people that are accounted. But the thing is, is women weren't included in this census. And so for the daughters of Zelophehad, they realized that their father wasn't in this census because he had died. And they saw that and they wanted to change it. They saw the injustice and they were like, that doesn't seem right. My dad's name, he didn't die because he was a rebel. He didn't die because he had done something wrong. And my father's name shouldn't just get like washed away. And so that brings us to chapter 27. Um, verse 1, and it's 11 verses, but I'm going to read the whole story because I just really love it. Um, then drew near the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilad, the son of Makur, son of Manasseh, from the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of his daughter were Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar, the priests, and before the chiefs and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of the meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves against the Lord and the company of Korah, but died for his own sin. And he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said to Moses, The daughters of Zelophehad are right. 
you shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer the inheritance of their father to them. And you shall speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall transfer his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinship kinsman of his clan, and he shall possess it. And it shall be for the people of Israel a statute and rule as the Lord commanded Moses. So the verses I want to really like hone in on is the is them standing up, is them coming forward, verses two through four. So for those of you, I mean most of us probably know, but if anyone doesn't, women, like I said, they weren't even in the census, right? They weren't really counted. And we see that continue throughout history. It doesn't just happen in the Bible, but it happened in American history, right? For years and years, women were just seen as property, for lack of a better word. We were homemakers, right? You produce children, you, you birth an heir, all of these things. And then if you did it, you were passed over. And that was happening here. And to be honest, it probably happened a lot before those five daughters decided to say something. And women probably just said, this is tradition. This is what happens. You don't mess with tradition. You don't rock the boat, right? You just keep going with how it is. Because if it ain't broke, why fix it? And so they, they saw this and they were like, this isn't right. Our dad's name should be on the census. Our dad should get a plot of land in the promised land. It's important. Like, we, want, we don't want our father to be forgotten. And not only that, but they didn't want their father associated with a group of rebels that had gone and were taking, um, that were in company of Korah. And that was a different, we won't get into all of that, but they were associated and they had, like, he, they didn't want their father to be seen as a rebel. So not only are they saying, don't forget my dad, but they're also, like, making it right for him and saying, this isn't who my father was. Or making sure people know who their dad was. It was unheard of for women to go before male leadership and question it. And like these girls didn't just like stand and like, you know, it's not like I like pull Matt aside like, hey, I just need to like bring something up with you really quick. Like this, like, they didn't just like pull Moses aside, right? And they didn't just like pull Moses and one other person. They like stood at the back of the tent. And there probably weren't women in this congregation. It was probably all men. And they stood in the back and they were like, hey, so um, we have this request. We want our dad's inheritance. Like, that's bold. That took courage. Because in the book of Numbers, in like six different places, you see examples of people going to God or going to Moses and asking for things. And God like saying, no, you're asking out of this reason. And then there was consequences. I don't have all of the different things written out. But like it didn't always go well. So not only were they not really taking risk and going in front of a ton of men saying, hey, we want money. We want our father's inheritance. But they were also saying, hey, God, 
Um, yeah, we, we see this as wrong. Can we, can we work on this? Like, there was a risk there, too. They didn't know how it was going to turn out. They had no idea. First, they didn't even know if Moses would listen. Moses very easily could have been like, this is tradition. Move on. But they didn't think, I mean, they might have thought through all of this. I, like, so I have a sister um, who's pretty bold. And uh, you've all seen her around. She's, last time she was here, she had green hair. Um, and she's bold and she like, she will let her voice be known and she is heard. Um, and I've always admired that about her. Olivia from the get go has always been Olivia. Like when we were, I was in middle school, she was in fifth grade. It was Easter and she wanted to put her hair in bunny rabbits, like ears. And so she constructed this like wire headband out of a hanger and like had my mom braid her hair and then like wrapped it around and then my mom let her get on the bus looking like that and I was like you're not letting I'm in seventh grade all right my reputation was at stake I'm like you're not letting her get on the bus like that are you and she's like yes and I was mortified mortified but Olivia has always been Olivia and so when I think of these five daughters obviously we don't know all of the background but this is how I see it going like you've got like five different personalities and there's the one daughter who probably was like, I don't care anymore. Like, we need to make this right. Like, we need to be obedient and stand up and use the voice that we have and just take the risk. What do we have to lose? We're not inheriting anything. We just need to take the risk. And so there's probably one sister who was like grabbing her, like, close, trying to stop her. And then the other sister, I imagine, just being like, frozen. There might have been two sisters that were boldly together. But, right, there's probably a difference in, like, personality and, like, how it all went down. But, you see, they stood together. Regardless of where they were at, they still took and used their voices. They still said, enough is enough. Yes, tradition is tradition, but there has to be change because we deserve to be known. Our Father's name deserves to be known. They were bold. They had courage. And so the outcome, the outcome was that Moses listened. And not only did Moses listen, but then he took it to God. Because honestly, like Moses, you can kind of pick it up between the lines of like Moses didn't know how to answer. He's standing up here, right? It's like if I'm standing up here and we're having like just a meeting, we're talking and we're meeting about important things and you're, we've got the leadership team and all of this stuff and we're having this conversation and all of a sudden five people burst through the door or they come to the end of the aisle and they just say, hey, this is what we see and this is what needs to happen. And Moses is probably like, okay, I don't know how to make this decision, so God. All right, I'm going to take that to God. So he went before the Lord, and the Lord had favor on these girls who used their voice. And they probably were like, they were probably like 12. You know, they weren't grown. There was a high possibility that they were like children. And so I think of what Matt said today and, and what God is putting on my heart, like, it's like if 
Genevieve and Maya and Joe saw something that needed to change, and they came to the end of the aisle, and Nora, because we know Nora would be in there too. They came to the end of the aisle, and they were like, hey, we want to be heard too. We want to be on stage too. We don't want to be put in another room. And God heard them, and God used them to enact change. He changed the whole way, and he made it clear. He was like, it's going to happen this way from now on. Daughters get stake if their father had no son. They get some inheritance. Imagine if they hadn't stood up. If they had just said, it's tradition. We're just going to go with tradition. We're not going to break the mold. We're not going to rock the boat. And so I think about us. I personally am I'm like a chihuahua. I'm all bark and no bite. Right? So I can like talk upwards and downwards about things that need to change. But like to actually like use my voice to enact change is really hard. Because I want people to like me. I'd like to be liked. Most of us do. And what I'm realizing and what I learned from these girls, from these is that in order for change to happen, I have to be willing to use my voice no matter the consequence. That there are traditions in this country, that there are traditions in the Western church that need to change. And it's all well and good if I sit and talk about it, but talking isn't gonna just do anything. But to stand up here, maybe if someone's listening that is out there, this sermon goes somewhere, and for us to be able to say, hey, the change that we're seeing happening at One Church is that our kids are running around, and they're going to learn to worship, and they're going to learn to lead people at four years old. And they're going to learn that their voice matters no matter their age. We have to have courage, just like the daughters of Zelophehad, had, to break the mold, to challenge tradition, to be willing to say, this makes me uncomfortable. But that's okay. You know, we, we just sang that song, the, the ocean song, and when Joy suggested it, I love this song. When she suggested it, I was like, yes, this is perfect. Was we just say, right, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. May my faith, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. That means we're uncomfortable. That means that we're going, if we're going beyond the borders, like Matt, we talked about, he came up and he led us through thinking through like what are the borders we're putting up if we're pushing through those then that means we're uncomfortable and that takes courage 
to take that next step, to go one step deeper into knowing the Lord, into knowing who God is, that takes courage. So the daughters of Zelophehad, they didn't just have courage, but they, they said something. They spoke up. They used their voice. And I, I, I asked myself a lot this week, and I want to ask each of us to think through, like, where is God highlighting for us to speak up that we haven't had courage to say something because we're worried about what people are saying or what people are going to think? Like, where... Does God want us to speak up and have courage to use our voice? (laughs) You're going to make me do this, aren't you? (gasps) Like, and for me, right now, it's to make sure that kids have a voice in this church. That's where God is calling me to push us as a church to be comfortable with the noise. Now, I'm not saying a free-for-all, right? We're going to let them learn to worship with us. Ready again? Yeah. Learn to use their voices. How often do we stay silent because it's easier? Or because saying something is risky? Is there something that God is highlighting in your life that you can use your voice to bring about change? Where you can use your voice to bring about a new tradition? I want to be a church that we go beyond the borders, not just personally, but as a community. That we're pushing ourselves to grow continually. So this week, bless you. So this week, as we think. I challenge you, take five minutes. Just think, like, God, where, where in my life are you highlighting that tradition or that I could use my voice to bring about change? Or maybe it's, like, where do I need to be aware that change needs to be made? That's, like, the first step, right? Seeing that something needs to change and then having the courage to speak up, just like the daughters of Zelda had to. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I just thank you so much for giving us the ability to learn from the people in the Bible. God, I thank you for the fact that you, through these stories, like I'm learning more and more that you were the same. You are the same. You were teaching us the same. God, we just thank you for our kids. 
We thank you for their voices. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us as a church, not just the parents, but as a church, help us learn how to invite them into your presence. Help us learn to invite them into a space where their voice matters. Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for the fact that you hear us, that you listen to us, and that our, that our requests matter to you. We love you, Lord. Here we pray. Amen. Amen.